0: I want to thank Leia and Simcha for inviting us for the Shia and every, Hashem every room should be filled with nachs and brach <clears throat> on page Nun aleph we're in a hard Indian. two weeks ago I had to run for my life because we were talking about life and it's a very very difficult and hard union because we have our ears are very very untrained to us, the subject of death is is uh, something that uh, is best. We feel it's best to remain unspoken. And uh, as it goes in the old song, there is silently, I mentioned that a few weeks ago. I was silently sharing the same fear. That there's a fear that, especially as people grow older, there's a fear that is there's a fear that's that's generally not spoken of, and even younger people. Every day, lo uh, not every day, but very often we hear news that's not good news, and and we feel we feel vulnerable. We feel vulnerable, and um, and every time that we hear of something that's not good news there's this dark cloud that comes over what happened to one of my loved ones uh, God we feel that and we're worried about it so our, our upbringing, our way of thinking it of death is dark and gloomy and scary and so on and the shocking revelation that we saw in the Sefer last time shocking to our systems because of how we were raised and our modern sensibilities is that is that really that does not have to be the source of sadness, depression, or despair. Just the opposite. From the Torah perspective, the final end, something in 120 the final end is is not something that one when one remembers it. It's an eventuality, obviously, that one thinks of it, one remembers it, and even one one faces it. That it's not something that should bring anything but tremendous simcha. And and last time we were learning, we were in the middle, and I felt very bad about that because it's very it's very hard to leave in the middle of such a discussion when that which we always naturally have been taught is either bad or it's a punishment and so on and so forth to such a degree that Rav Kook writes a lot about it. Most, you don't see it even in the Swami that it's discussed often, but Rav Kook wrote very often about it. That the pachat of fear, the fear, modern writers have wrote a tremendous amount, I mean secular writers, that the fear of death is something which affects us all the time. We just don't talk about it. How to turn that around in light of all that we're learning? that this could be not only something which is not frightening and doesn't cause depression, but other, other it could be part of our general program this dischaskas, and strengthening ourselves, and amunah, and bitachan. And bitachan doesn't mean that we're never going to die. That's ridiculous. Everybody should be healthy and well. We're all going to die. And 20, each person a good we should have a good and healthy life. But but not to be afraid to talk about it, because when a person learns it in the in, in the way of panemiyas, from the perspective of a mammon, of someone who believes, not only in a kashbarach, but believes in the takhlas of our lives that we are been learning about these last couple of years. So, it's not something which, which has to hang over our heads. And we don't have to live in, in terror and fear. And even when we face it, in other situations, it doesn't have to God forbid, destroy us. And we could have his chaskas. So how is that possible? So that's what we're going to be focusing on now. What's the correct way of looking at that eventuality? If Chazal already said, "taif Ma'id on the Pasik at the beginning of Chumash, when Hashem finished creation and says, that Hashem looked at, at all of creation and He said, Ma'id that it's very good. And Chazal said, Taif Ma'id is, is talking. Taif Ma'id is hinting to Mavis. Taif Ma'id, Taif Ma'vis. That the ultimate good is death. It's not anything that we wish for ourselves or that we wish upon others. But what did Chazal mean by that? Taif Ma'id. That is very good. In other words, there's a goodness to be found in life, but very good is, is something which is when a person leaves this world. And this is not in any way a depressing outlook on life. Just the opposite. It's another feeling at the end. You're in the middle of the feeling at the end. Is, oh my goodness, this is, this is terrible. This is very depressing. And it's very morbid. It's not just the opposite anymore. Just the opposite. It's very uplifting. It's primis satire. So let's continue on the Aleph. How do we free ourselves of that fear... This is an outcome of all the been learning, which is Dvaikas Bashem, being attached to Hu, and remembering our Tachlis in this world. And when a person when a person lives that way, it can free him from the most terrifying fear of all, which is the fear of death. So on the bottom on the Adam bottom of Nun Alef. <speaking in Hebrew> every now and then again it's not something we should do all the time every now and then a person should imagine in his or her mind to try to imagine and to picture in one's mind what it would be like those few moments a person would be blessed to have the presence of mind not everybody has the brach but to have the presence of mind to be able to to be able to understand what's happening to you, as as you leave the world, as you leave the world. The great Rosh Hashiva that just passed away—I'm sure everybody's heard about it and read about it Rabbi Shmuel down Somebody told me a close talmud of his told me what he said. Rabbi Shmuel said to him just just the day a day before he passed away that Rabbi Shmuel told this this student of his. That he's that he's so excited to finally meet Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He's excited. He said he's he's hoping to be able to to go and see Reb Reblazer Reb means Reb Shach again, the old friend. He's going to see Reb and Reb and he's hoping to learn together. But he was he's been nervous. He said he was nervous the last few years that he wants so badly to be able to learn again with Reb and Reb but he's afraid that maybe, you know, he's not worthy, he's not pure enough. So he said that he, he, he said this the day before he died that he was grateful because the, the terrible suffering that he was through the last few months, he said hopefully that that's prepared him, that he's going to be able to learn the Chavusa with the Rehmaisha, and the Shah. Shach. And, and that that's what he said that with a pureness of mind and a clarity of mind before he was Nifta. You can't, you can't fake that. You could say things, but he was with complete, total simcha. And there, was a, and there was a peacefulness, he said the to time, that he never saw such a, a peace had come over him. So, the person paints in his mind the and tries to imagine that the he's in that Matziv, that his life is coming to an end. Now, if you really, really try to think deeply and to imagine this, and then, most likely, you're going to start to get nervous. You know, so that's an unnerving thought. It's an unnerving thought. And then you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, why, why does this upset you? Why does this upset you? What's bothering you about this thought of leaving the world? What's bothering you? What is it about this thought that's upsetting now, we're not talking about like some crazy thing like falling off a building or dropping from a plane. But, you know, just you know, uh, in, a, in a comfortable bed with, with good pillows and nice company around and everything. You know, uh, uh, nice conditions. Mama Freela, what's bothering you? It's still not, even if it's a, even if it's a five-star hotel. And a five-star you still find yourself being upset about the thought. So... So tell tell the truth. It's, it still worries you. It obsesses you. It bothers you. Mama, What's bothering you? Why are you afraid to leave this place? Why are you afraid to leave the world? What's bothering you? Why are you afraid to go? Mahin when you clarify in your mind deeply, honestly, what are the nakudus What what is it that that you find unnerving about that thought and frightening or upsetting about the thought of leaving the world? Yamadvi is a hate sashar. After you have thought, but we'll talk about some of the things that might be upsetting. Person, persons, all different can think of all different things that would be upsetting. What would be most upsetting, I'm sure, to to people like ourselves, would be that to, we feel that we would miss the people that we love here in the world, right? And to, to separate, to be separated from people that we love, and that thought that my eyes will never see these people. This way again. Probably that's, I don't think that any of us are afraid of losing our microwaves and, and you know, little, little rooms and things like that. And I've got to bit people, people that, that are holding onto these things so tightly that we're afraid of losing things. But we're afraid of losing people that we love, not things. Things. But people. She so says we have to after we've thought about some of this, and we really feel that we've made an honest evaluation. And you could say, why am I upset? Why am I f- afraid of, of this happening to me, even though I know it eventually will? Why would I prefer that it be delayed as long as possible to be postponed? Why is that? She so says well, then we have to re- return to a sentence from the Ramchal from the Zil Sichon that we spoke about in the first halak, a lot, the whole first halak the whole first volume is built on this Yisai what the Ramchal writes at the beginning anything other than this remember other than what? anything other than attachment to God anything other than anything other than closeness to God no matter what people have identified and defined as good as being good Eino el hevel vishav Nit'ah is hevel hevel is a hard word I think we all know what it is it's hard to say in English compared to the ultimate truth of what is defined by the Torah as being not just a good thing but what is actual good attachment to God all other definitions all other man-made definitions of good are Hevel Hevel Narishka. Hevel means not worthless it Has a nasty sound to it but Hevel zero Vishavnitav and a distortion, a mistake of of the definition of what is good now do you think that God forbid, he's saying that our relationships with people that we love is Hevel Vishavnitav it can't be. You know how much God values us taking care of each other and being good to each other. It's a it's a huge chunk of tire. Caring about each other, being good to each other, and husband and wife, parents and children, brothers, sisters, friends. It's a big union in tire. The Baruch says that the greatest thing is when people are good to each other and they love each other. So all of this is Hevel V'shaven Chas Sure. gotcha but he's not saying that that's not what the Ramchal is saying so let's let's see a little bit further one must repeat this and repeat this right after having the, the scary picture of dying and, and trying to understand why does this scare me why does it upset me then to go to the sentence of the Ramchal that we just learned and go over it and go over it. Hundreds, thousands of times. Till you can acquire this belief. That all, the only good, the only good, the only ultimate good is Divek Espashev. That's the only ultimate good. I already, I mean, you already know, of course, what this is going to lead to, but just a preview of things that are coming up, of upcoming uh, events. If a person's relationship with a the, with the husband Or the wife, with a friend, with a brother and a sister Is part of his Kirvas Hashem And is part of his Then it's all part of the ultimate good But if the Ahava that you have For another person Is an Ahava That is not with God included And it's not for the ultimate purpose Of gaining closeness to God and serving God So then it's one of those things That's of this world, it might be nice You might write poems about it you know, it, 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 it might appear very sweet or even very romantic, but it's Hevel <coughs> Rishavnete. It's Hevel Havala. But Hashem, Hashem does value and tells us to value our relationships when He's in the center of the relationship between people, between friends. And those relationships revolve around God closeness. And that He's part of the, and that He's not just part, but He's the goal. Of, this, of, of these relationships otherwise it's not part of what the Torah defines as Tavif. He explains this in a moment when a person goes over this and over this and over this again and again what's the takhlas of my life why was I created What is the, what is the meaning of good what is good and that anything that is not anything that is not that it's not good There. So he says, let's take the most popular example that we see in the Torah itself of something, of, of something that's called that would appear to be tayv, good, and it doesn't seem to be. Offhand, it doesn't seem to be particularly spiritual. So at the beginning of the Torah, everybody knows, lo adam levado. It is lo tov, It is not good for man to be alone. As for ezekaneg. So Hashem's says I'm going to make for Adam for Adam, I'm going to make him I'm going to make him a wife. So here the Torah says that the absence of that relationship is low tov. It is not good. Meaning that curing and resolving that dilemma of loneliness, right, is tov. That's good. So he named Pashtas The simple pshat in Chumash the simple meaning of the Pasik hu taif. But the Torah is telling us that the kenegdai that when uh, when they have each other, when there's a husband and wife they have each other, the Torah is telling us that's Taif. That's good. Now if you would leave it at that, you could understand all the poems and all the love songs and, and uh, how a person walks around with the tachlis of his life finding that and so on and so forth and how so much kaychus uh, uh, is spent in that Indian. You don't understand? The Torah says, like it's not good when it's missing, which means that if you have that, then it's tayv. If you need but that's called Taiv. And therefore, the other could be that more than any other thing in the world, people are attached to this inyan, of finding of finding a mate. That that inyan of wanting that taiv is woven into the fabric of every human being from the beginning of from the beginning of existence, from creation. Since the Torah says, Low Tov. If you don't have this, there's a lot tov. It's lot tov. And to have this is tov. Everybody wants tov. So it's understood that there is this big inion in the world of seeking this. since so the Torah tells us it's tov. So, as a result of this definition of tov, the vast majority of mankind has been willing to go through all sorts of things to have this type. And have, ha, 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 there have been wars and all kinds of crazy things because of this Indian. Uh, that probably if you look behind every, every war, I, I remember many years ago, when I was, this is a Mysore from around 30, 35, 36 years ago when I was in the yeshiva in HSL. So I had to go to the bank to get money. And In those days, in you know, Excel, to go to get money from the, to put money in the bank wasn't that hard, but to try to get it out, you never felt that it was your money. It's like you're trying to get somebody else's money. That's how it always felt in Excel in those days. It was very hard. And I, and I I, I I went to the bank to get some money, and uh, and he said the guy tells me that it's going to be a problem. I said well, what it a problem? He says he has to call i mean usually, he says he has to call Tel Aviv. So I said, what's the problem? He says, first you have to pay for the phone call. I said, okay, I'll pay you for, I'll pay you for the phone call. So he says, it's still a problem. So I said, why is it going problem?" He says, watch? You'll see it's a problem. So he says there, he calls up, and I remember exactly, he says, Svika! And then nothing. And then he, he says, so he says, give it a few minutes. He calls again, and he says, Svika! And there's nothing. So I asked him, you know, What's going on? i came. my Yashim Svika in Tel Aviv. He said, Sweekah you know what I mean? is very angry at me. I said, Why is Svika angry? Like ha- well, where else in the world do you have to get into this I said, What happened with Sweekha? I just I just need to get some money to buy software. What what happened with Sweika? So he says he says because they were at a picnic from the bank, the different branches and and he says, my wife insulted Sveika's wife so it might take me like a week and maybe I can get money like, you know. so, <laughs> I, I, I'm having problems, Sveika is very angry at me Listen. Yes, um, very angry I said, is there something I can do about this if I have to get money? <laughs> I had to speak to the manager, it was a whole thing. the manager had to talk to somebody else, Sveika's not talking to anybody speakers <laughs> angry so that's just uh, you know that's a kind of kite if some kid doesn't get his money but there have been world wars over things like this you know husbands and wives and, and you know, people and this one loves this one this one's married to that one but he loves the other one and you know so the Terry says at the beginning like taif, hey yes it's not good to be by yourself so ever since then the whole world is to fix that so that everybody can have taif ever going have type. and then once people are married and they think oh I found this is type and then there are certain problems afterwards and they start to think maybe it's still like type you know maybe it's not yet the type that the Torah says I don't know I don't feel such a connection I'm not sure what this is but we can understand that what he says here is that people have become strongly attached to this union of type because the Torah says it's tithe. and the Torah says that it's it means that that's the nature of man that he seeks type in this union Kejlan well, days. look what he says it's such an important you say and if you understand it in a clear way it's not Chasr Shalom underplay the significance of that relationship just the opposite if you don't hear it in a mature way it's going to it might be upsetting but if you hear it in the right way the way that it's being taught so this is not upsetting at all it's the p'nibis. he said is it's not true. He's not saying it's not true. That that's, that's, he's not saying it's not tight The Torah says it's taif. His loyal taif is not having that relationship. So the Torah is saying it's taif. Uh, so what's, what's he saying? Look carefully. What's not true? Ah. When, when it says in the Torah, it's not good for man to be alone. In other words, loneliness is horrible, right? Loneliness is terrible. A person can have everything, but if has HaShom you're lonely, it's terrible. When the Torah says that loneliness is ter- is low-tov, loneliness is bad, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I, I'm giving you something that's going to help you with that. I'm giving you something that's going to help you with loneliness. It means it's tough. It's, going to, it's good. It's going to help you with loneliness. It's going to make your journey on earth a, a much much more pleasant one. What's that? We're going to make a chasna. Should be by all our potential kahalists here. We're going to make a chasna. So we going to make a chasna, but not a chasna between you know, barrel and peril. You understand? Stam. and a chasna barrel and peril. That from the, that from the time that they meet each other. All this one sees is a goof, and the other one sees as a goof, two bodies that happened to also have the shamas, you understand and then we start worrying about the, about the hall and about the place and about the music and about the tablecloths and about the food and about the menu and about this and about and the apartment and about uh, all the things that to fill the apartment and he says being lonely. Is going through this world without having a neshamatic attachment with a person. That's loneliness. That's loneliness. So even if you find somebody. And you end up under a khubah, whatever. But the neshama is not connected to that person's neshama. So even though officially you're married. And you have the same address. And it says both names on the envelope. Everybody here knows couples that... Even though the, if officially they're no longer in the state of light taif, they're now in the world of taif, but it's light taif. It's light taif. They have their tchotchkes, they have their, they have their you know, the, the two sinks, and whatever. They have all this stuff. They might even have kids to show for this, but it gets, it's still light taif. Because when the Torah, when the Reichslam says there's a taif that I have for you, he's always saying, it, that the type is not it's in the world of of, of Hu. In the world of Hu means when two people love each other with God at the center of their lives it's always that the Hashem with God at the center of their lives and that doesn't mean that they're just supposed to that marriage means that they're supposed to sit around going all day and that they can't have they, that they can't have uh, uh, an involvement in this world and be... Uh, no, that's not what it means at all. But the aside, the shirish of the relationship, the underlying shirish, root of what binds these two together is Kuchibri who is the master of the world. And that's what they're on this trip together, that's why they're on this trip together, that's what it's about, and that's how they machazik each other, and that's what they want with their lives together. Then it's taif. So what is the definition of type? It's always with God at the center. It's always with God at the center. But if the relationship is between two bodies, two bodies, uh, and when, I say, when I say two bodies, they're two bodies that, that got you know that got uh, A pluses in in school. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that they're, they're... But they're two bodies. The relationship is uh, with all... Bodies doesn't mean that they're not smart, nice, intelligent people. But the... But the center of their relationship is not God and it's not the tachlis of their relationship. That hasn't solved the problem of loy toive yeso that That hasn't solved the problem of loneliness. Certainly not in the life of a Jew. The loneliness that a Jew feels is for the master of the world. And it's for his own nishamu, or as we're living on my nights for the lost princess. That's the loneliness that a person feels to the extent that, you have, that God has blessed you and you have found a friend and a companion And someone that you love, who can go with you on that journey, who you join together with in that journey, so then the light tayv has become tayv. But if that's not what you have, then it's a terrible mistake. It's part of what the Ramchal says. It's it's hevel. It's hevel. Even though there are poems, and even though you you might take walks down the beach in the sunset or something, it's hevel. It's hevel. What is it? It's the tachlis. Lavado hakavonu luloi keshe b'nei shanis. understand this point, lavado loneliness, aloneness. It means when there's no keshe, when there's no there's no connection between the elokus, the godliness, and two people. That's loneliness. Achein hakavona lavado luloi keshe b'nei God doesn't mean when he says in the Torah, low Tov, it's not good for men to be alone That he just needs a playmate, a friend Somebody to hang out with I, I was just a half hour before this year There was a wonderful, wonderful a newlywed a, a young man, a, a terrific guy And he was telling me, you know, how wonderful his wife is And he said, Gavaldi, Gavaldi, So I said, so why are you calling me to tell me how Gavaldi your wife is I know like, she's Gavaldi, so why are you calling me I know it's to, to not give all the good part. So what's that? So he says this just I you know, he said, I don't find that it's fun to be married. I, I was I was hoping it would be more fun. I don't find like there's much fun. And I, so, I said, Okay, you know, there's a different personality and it's very, very, very hush, it's a daikas and everything, but uh, his idea, I get like he was giving me an example, certain like you know to go certain places, whatever. So more of an adventurous type, and she's more like you know she likes the, the adventures, going from this part of the kitchen to the other. Place. <laughs> it's less less of that, you know, uh, adventurous type. So he's disappointed, you know. He, he, like he he got ready for the house and he bought like a. Uh, he bought, you know, camping gear, and he bought, uh, you know, like, oxygen tanks for and scuba diving, you know. And she just, you know, she just got a Malikli's glove and a Flachie's glove. And, uh, it's not like that's not her Indian, like, to go do you know, all this stuff. And You know, he wanted to have, like, a more of an adventure, you know. So... so in order for this person to be able to find happiness in the relationship, he's going to have to let go of some of these things. Not that she can't make certain adjustments and I'll talk to her about trying to get out a little bit more. Okay, but what are you looking for in the relationship? And all the things that you just told me for the first couple of minutes about how wonderful she is, those are very, very deep and important things. Not to say that I, I understand that you want to get. You know, it's like the bachan. They grow up and they still want to be bacham They get married and he still wants to be a bacham I said, but. You know they went through too many ben azmanim these guys, and and when they get married they want to have also like ben uh, you know uh, that's the Jewish equivalent of intercession. It's not as dangerous uh, as the non-Jewish definition of intercession, but it's it's become uh, increasingly crazy. So uh, so we have to focus on on the tie, what that binds the two of you together, and why you married her is is in the world of neshama even though in the world of guf it's, it's not what you expected as far as what you're going to do and how you're going to spend your time and other things that, that I'm not, not talk about that are not 100% the way they should be but you have to try to work on focusing on the tithe because he admits that he loves her and she's gavald you have to focus on the taiv. but when it says in the Torah that Hashem is worried Kivyachal about our loneliness and he's going to, he's going to help us with loneliness by giving us this, this good friend to go through life with, it didn't mean what it didn't mean what William Shakespeare meant, you understand, or what or it didn't mean what Steinbecker or Hemingway meant. It's not it's not that. It didn't mean that. that's when a person looks into the lives of those people that wrote them I didn't, I got three examples but if a person looks, digs a little bit into the lives of those people who, who, who wrote the most profound things about human relationships you will find the most profoundly lonely people who ever lived and it was, it was a hard thing growing up listening to certain kind of music and thinking wow if only I could have that with this guy singing about that sounds so nice and then, like, afterwards, when, you, you know, when we read an article, a biography, that the two of them are beating each other up and they had an order of protection. And, you know, so, when did you write the song? Before the order of protection? After the order of protection? <laughs> not to say that it's always like that. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot. Relationships that are not, with, that are not God-centered. <inaudible> if a person's connection to the Azer <inaudible> husband and wife, if that connection, in other words, his relationship with his wife is similar to the relationship that he has with other things of this world. The big question is, what pleasure can I get from this? So, as in the same way, what pleasure can this stake give me? What pleasure can this vacation give me? What what can I get out of my job? What can I get out of my wife? What pleasure can this person give me? What advantages there in, in Olam Hazeh? a person whose relationship with a wife or with a friend a person whose relationship is is similar to his way of relating to other things in life who be then we're talking about even though it might be fancy and they're two very intelligent people and they like to talk about you know, highfalutin things and literature and philosophy but really it's just it's goof. it's another, it's another steak it's another, it's another movie it's another, it's another vacation and this is a, this is a husband this is a wife We're supposed to give each other Also satisfaction in this world that Worldly satisfaction Is what they're looking for in each other And we understand That that's not what Hashem is saying I'm going to help Adam I'm going to help Adam with his loneliness That's not what it means, God forbid And we make a big mistake in that A big, big mistake That's not what it means Helping us with our loneliness The loneliness can only be helped when the taiv of who we are is addressed. And the taiv, the good of who we are, is the neshama shah to be The soul that you gave me is pure. That's it. The loathing that a person feels after doing an avayur, where he's supposedly in love, this one or that one, and they feel loathing. People that don't care don't feel that, but a yid feels that. A loathing, what do they do? What happened to the big ahavu, the big romance? It's a loathing. You hate yourself. You hate her. You hate. The... Where does that come from? Because you, because even though you were Meshuga before and you lose, you lost your mind. But after the after the Avera, the neshama experiences such a letdown because all it was was just two bodies. That's what's going on in the world. So then we understand that when it comes to death Oh, now when it comes to death Again, let's talk about this and have to understand in a very mature way We understand that he's not in any way In any way He's not underplaying the significance of this relationship but The Torah says it's, it's good But it's good with God at the center It's good with the Neshama in the center Otherwise, we understand that the same way that we get angry and disappointed when something that we like is taken from us. Let's say you're expecting at work, you're supposed to have a 2 vacation. And you're planning this two-week vacation since the last one. You're planning this 2 vacation. And then all of a sudden it comes out that you know you, you, you can't go. What about someone's not well in the your face, whatever it is. Something happened or at work, they need you, uh, something in a crisis, and you can't have the vacation. So you get upset, you're angry because there's something that you wanted in this world. And whenever you want something, that means you're setting yourself up for pain and for disappointment. Anytime that you want something of this world, you're setting yourself up for pain and for disappointment. That's why we are in a lot of pain. And we're disappointed a lot. So when you want something, the second that you want something, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Of this world. When you want something of this world, you're in trouble. And it's not only if you don't get it, by the way, it's even if you get it, you're still in trouble. Now we'll talk about that much more later on. How could that be? That sounds strange. When I wanted a vacation, I got it. So what's bad about that? You'll see after the vacation, you'll be able to look back and see. The second that you want something of this world, you're setting yourself up for pain and for disappointment. If you don't want it and you get something, it could be okay. But if you want something, you're already set up for disappointment. So here you're very hurt. And you're very disappointed because it's hard for you to part. You already had in your mind that this two-week vacation was going to be the most amazing vacation that there ever was, and everything in this vacation was going to be perfect. And if you have if you have a, ba- a baby or two, baby was going to go to sleep. They never did that at home, you understand. But on the vacation, they're going to go to sleep. Or better yet, maybe you can leave it with a with a, 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 a babi or a zaidi. And they're going to go and leave the children with the grandparents on the gate, and everything's going to be givaldi. Everything's going to be evolving. And, and the way that you painted that in your head, there's a lot, of, a lot of details, how that terrific vacation looked. And now all of a sudden someone came to you and said, you know, I know you were, I know you were hoping to have a vacation. I'm really sorry you can't go. It's a tremendous patch. And I can't go. But I want to go. I'm planning to go and if we'd be little children, or our own little children we'd throw ourselves on the floor like in the toy store and start stomping and twirling and, 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 you know, uh, carrying on but we don't do that, we just say oh, I'm really sorry to hear that and when we get home, you fall on the floor and you're stomping but why is that? because you're being, something of that you wanted is being taken from you and that's what is so upsetting about death is not just something from this world that's being taken from you. It's the whole world that's being taken from you. That's pretty upsetting. That's more than just a vacation. That's getting up the next day. And seeing and going and and eating and doing and everything. And if your connection to this world is a connection of the goof, without God at the center, and when the world slips between your fingers... Or even the thought of that, of leaving the world, is very painful. Worse than the vacation's being take, taken away. Worse, it's the whole world's being taken away from me. Understand? I can't leave my family. It's hard to leave my family. I love my family. The pardon me Shah I love my family and I can't part from these people. Remember, only in the world of Guf is there truly, truly a parting. Not in the world of Nishamas. It's a very big mistake. Those of us who are here in this world were left behind. We don't know how to deal with that, but the Nishama doesn't the Nishama connects each and every one of us, our Nishamas are above and below. And if a person leaves the world, the Nishama is able to connect on a deep an even deeper level than it ever was able to connect before. I spoke a little bit on Shabbat Some of you were there about Elisha and Pishnayim. Pishnayim Eli- the Pishnaim the Eliyahu Novi, the Pishnaim of Elisha. That after leaving the world and, and no longer being encumbered by the physical body, then it's purely Nishamas. But we can't think of that. What do you mean? After I leave the world, I'm still my Nishama's is going to be attached to my to my, to this, to my kids. Nisham. But how do you do that, like without seeing them? You know, we ask these kind of questions. I'm not, I'm not going to be here so how could I have a connection I'm not going to be here and the truth is that the connection is infinitely deeper infinitely deeper the suffering is by the people who are here because that thought and the mitsias that we don't see the person is terribly terribly upsetting but what he's saying here is that it becomes if your whole connection if the connection that you have is a connection that's not of neshamas but of gufim of bodies then it's kosher or the apartment the same way it's hard for you to separate from things of the world that you grew attached to it's, separate, it's, super, it's, it's, it's painful to be separated from people that you love. Not to put people in the same category as things. That's only if you treat people as things. And if your way of looking at people was a thing to give you pleasure. But if your connections and the level of neshamas, we saw about it, it's a, by big tzaddik, a person is, again, it's a hard idea, but and we're not going to reach through that, it's hard for us to think of that, but to try to get stronger in this union, with God at the center. So so with that Amunah, the thought of leaving the world is, is not only that it's not terrifying, the whole fear is softened. And as we saw from the Chavis of Allah last time, that, one, that, 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 that that there's such a thing as the of the righteous person that lives with his whole life, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that with the full belief that all that I was striving for in this world in my relationship with God and my relationship with my loved ones all that I was striving for was that our should be bound in the deepest way, right? but my physical life was in the way, it's hard once I'm free of the body then I'm free of, the, I'm free of that I'm free of, the, of that obstruction and therefore my neshamah can, can be attached on the deepest level, much deeper than anything in this world if a person doesn't believe and live constantly with that belief in in the pureness of the nishama so then giving up anything of this world is very disappointing certainly giving up one's life in this world is the most upsetting and disappointing thing because your whole life is defined by things of this world even your relationships were worldly relationships even your relationships with people that you said that you loved revolved around your own personal feelings and and pleasure, and 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 enjoyment that you received from that relationship in this world, and we understand that as this world begins to slip away, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting because those were people of this world that you loved, and it's slipping away. And even the thought of it, even the thought of it many years before it happens, the thought of it is very upsetting. Ulam Adam Shemaivin, however, a person who understands that all attachment in this world, all his skashers, the deepest attachment that we have, all the attachment of this world, even here in this world, he his Leruchni, is only an attachment to the elokust of the godliness that is in everything to the elokust that's in everything. Like Rebbe Nachman says in the first story, the Seychol Shubachol Dara, the firstborn point in everything that exists, the Seychol Shubdara, to become to be attached to the Ruchnias, the Ruchnias, to be attached to the elokust, the godliness in everything. To be attached to the living soul. In everything that you see in every person that you connect to you're connected to the living soul inside that person. you're connected to the essence of who that person is. TV it's natural for such a person uh, it's going to sound strange we have to just try to understand it's natural for him to prefer not to be encumbered with this world, not to be weighed down by the world. The world is the world obstructs the kenyas. The world is, is hiding and covering the soul of my friend. My friend often acts in a way that's not consistent with who he or she really is, and so do I. And one will be free of this we Will be free of this nairishkeit. So then, so then there could be a tvekas of the Nishamas on the highest level imaginable, even when that person is still in this world. Again, in the Olam HaNashama, not going into that right now. There's, there's a tvekis that's much higher than that anything could be in this world. Because in this world there are misunderstandings. There are disappointments because in the world of the guf, he want this and he wants that and she wants this and this. And there are misunderstandings and there are letdowns and disappointments and fights and so on and so forth. But in the world of the Nishamas, if you live your life seeking that is kashu's, in all relationships and Again it's very very hard Because sometimes you might want that But the other person is not interested Okay that's a very I spoke with that a little bit in the list, but it's, That's a very hard thing It's a very hard thing And there are ways to, We'll talk more about that in Shem. Well, there are ways to there are ways to to, to try to contend with that. it's also because that's that that difficulty or that nisayin that you're having that you're having is also a cheluk of elokus. It's also lo It's also something that is filled with God. Being filled with God doesn't always mean that it's pleasant. It could be unpleasant as well. But you're always always trying to find what does God want me to be this minute. What does God want me to to think of this moment? How can how could I give Nachasurach to the Rebbein to the Creator? When a person lives in kind of Eskash, the living soul of all that exists, then it's natural that it would be easier for him not to be in the world. Not the Chas Hashanah a person it takes his life, God forbid, or that does anything in any way to let go of life. Chas it's against Halakha, it's against the pirate to do such a thing. But it, it, it's understandable Because there because there, Meaning beyond this world there's an, there's an infinite Everlasting eternal Connection of the nishamas Without having to get on the long island railroad And pay taxes and stuff Without arguments and disagreements And misunderstandings So why wouldn't the person want it? Why wouldn't the person want that? The Territic of the earth. He doesn't believe in that completely. He has doubts about that. Where he's holding on very tightly to things of this world. And he's not looking for the lacusts and everything. And Mimela, he, he, he's, not, he's not able to connect on that level. But in the world beyond this world, it's a world without the garments of physical life. It's a world of neshamas without the bodies. There will no longer be anything standing in the way. There will no longer be anything that's keeping these two nishamas from being together. Nothing on any level. The nishamas will be completely together. So a person who, in this life, lives in this frame of mind—obviously, it's a big mitzvah—but there are different, they're different levels. But at least it's in this parasha of trying to live with the nishama at the center, with the kachbaruk at the center. Instead of death being something which causes terrible fear and anxiety It's just the opposite That's what talks about all the time Just the opposite Death, as the Kharaz says, is being relieved of the burden And of the difficulties and tests of the physical world so, and, and it's nothing to be afraid of Just the opposite Where does sadness come from? Sadness Sadness comes into a person's life From this feeling Sometimes he thinks about it Sometimes it's just that vague Unhappiness or sadness That a person feels He might not even identify Why am I feeling sad? Most of the time you don't think about death You don't think like that But it's sitting beneath the surface In a person's subconscious What is that? Where does it come from, this sadness? The sadness that, we, that you don't know Why am I sad? writes a Because you desperately are holding on to this world You want this world You want the pleasure and enjoyment Of the physical world And that that should satisfy you and you're not ready to give it up You're not ready to let go of that. You don't want to let go of it At any level you don't want to let go of it You're disappointed when they told you can't have a vacation And then you're disappointed when they tell you you have to die And the Malachim comes Not just when it comes But even the thought that he's going to come Or, when, or, or you have, a lot is written about this When something happens to somebody else so I, I, A person sometimes gets all depressed And, they, and if you ask him, why are you so depressed About somebody passed away it's, it's a person that you know why you... Why, because of that person you love that person so much that's why you're so depressed not always not always the people that were much closer to the person I've seen this many times the people that were much closer to the person who passed away of course they missed that person but they're doing fine because you're afraid of what that means about you that if that friend of yours passed away it could happen to you Chasr Shalom it could happen to you so you have now a very convenient thing to say I'm so sad because of my friend. My friend, Gerald, Gerald, I can't live. Or you could say something better, I'm depressed because the Besamekdash was destroyed. I'm depressed because of the Arabs are bothering the Jews. There are a lot of things to be depressed about. There's no, there, there's no chisarin of things to be upset about. But it comes back to your fears and your smallness. And don't say because I can't live without this Kesha that I have with that person. The person's husband is able to live And the person's children are able to live But you can't. I know things like this Because you're so rattled By that person leaving the world Not because of that person How precious that person was But because it scares you About what does that mean for you How does this affect you It's so, all Not all But a lot of it You're not ready to let go of this You're not ready to let go Because sometimes you see in the newspaper, like it'll say, in the Jewish paper, it'll say, Kalei was reeling from pain from the shocking death of Rabbi so-and-so, who was 96. <laughs> so I, you know, it's like, what What, what were you expecting? I mean, that's pretty good, 96. So we want to say that we're in pain because we're not, we're not shocked by his death. We're, we're just, we, we feel that a huge of Torah is taken from us, but to say that you're shocked by... It's a little bit, I always think it's a, you know these lashanis, like I always think it's a, oh, I was doubting each day that it could last another day. I wasn't, not, I'm not shocked. he was an old person, and it wasn't well, and, and uh, it's not, God forbid, like a child, chalila, but it's not talking about an old person. And I'm shocked. But how could a person live with the of this world? To live with the madness. As if it's supposed to be like, you know, it doesn't happen. There's no is so off. From Azor, someplace. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. But this is where sadness comes from. Kalsman, man, as long as you're holding on to this world, again, he's not saying you shouldn't have a nice house and nice things, just don't hold on to them. Don't hold on to them. Same way there's nothing wrong with having a vacation. But your life doesn't depend on the vacation. And don't want it. Don't want the vacation. Don't need the vacation. you get it, it's good. If you don't get it, it's also good. Don't need it. Don't need it. If you need it, it's bad. If you don't need it, it could be good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't be machubil in your name of the not Don't get yourself enmeshed in this world. To depend on the world. Because that's a kesha of guf, of the body. And then any time that you lose something, any time something is taken, which is, which is the way the world is, so then you, you then you, you you're very 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 upset. You're very sebrochen from it. Well, then as long as you're attached to things of this world, because And they want to detach you from those things when someone wants to take you away from your vacation, to take you away from your vacation, or you wanted to have this, you wanted to have this, you know, there was a house that you that you thought you are going to ha- get, and you put in a thing, that, um, whatever, to make a bid on the house. And then, and it was the, what they call, it was the dream house. This was the house on the block, and the right, and it had a beautiful this, and it had a beautiful that, and it was good, and it was the price, was everything was fantastic. And then somebody went ahead and, like, got it, you know, they put a couple more dollars, and they grabbed and they it away from you. So then, you know, you're very hurt by that. You're angry, you're angry with the broker, you're angry with the person that bought it, you're angry, you know, you could be angry even with God's well, People talk that way. And you know, sometimes they don't say it, but they think it. In Meila there's Atsas, because they took away something from the world. They took away something from the world. So you're as cautious with a place to live, was not on the, the level of Nishama. On the level of Neshama, there's a whole different way of looking at a place to live. A whole different way. And by the way, it doesn't mean you can't have a, a nice house. But if it's, if, when you look at it in the level of Neshama, there's a whole different way. When you make a Shear in the house, it's a whole different tachlis to having a house. It's something different. When, the, when, the, when the tak says that it should be a house that's filled with your shammai and you keep certain things that don 't belong in the house you keep them out and you want the house to be a holy place and you want to spend the right money to get good mezuzahs and you want to have kurdish, and you want to have it should be a place with in other words when the is in the world of thehammas, so you realize that i didn 't have to have the house the dream house there are other kinds of houses I could do that stuff in, even though it doesn't have that. That type of a, you know, of a shape the dining room, living room, something. Like that. You can still have the dream house. It's a shadow of what your dream is. What's your chalum? You, you either have Yaakovinu's or you have Paro's <laughs> Everybody has chalimis. It's just whether it's Yaakov's chalum or it's Paro's But Whatever it's chalimis. What's your dream? What's your chalum? That's where sadness comes from. Just this little thing so what's the avoid of a person in this world what's the work what's our job to always think truthful thoughts deep truthful thoughts to meditate upon this and to review it over and over again all that we've learned it has to be in a quiet time quiet not when you're standing there with a the broker who says oh I'm sorry you didn't call me back in those ten minutes so I Sold the house to somebody else. That's not a quiet moment. Shkaita. <laughs> that you understand the true joy. Be'emis. Real simcha. You cannot come from attachment to things of this world that are not real. So we're talking about the Shabbos. Much more we're talking about. that The things that are demyayness. That are not real. They're not lasting. That are not, that are not godly. Everybody knows what the Vilna wrote in his letter. The Vilna wrote that this world is like salt water. does it doesn't mean? It means you think that there's going to happen. when you see you're very very thirsty. You came out from a hot place and you go over to the ocean. It looks very good, but the more you drink, the more thirsty you become, it could, and it could, it could make you crazy. It can make you mad. He says everybody knows everybody knows the truth what the Vilna Gaon said is true that the world is like salt water and the more crazy you get over the world the more thirsty for the world you become and the less satisfied you become the more you drink the salt water the thirstier you are and the more you indulge with the world the thirsty you are and the less satisfied you are everybody knows this what the Vilna Gaon says is true but how do you remember this when the deal did, didn't work out with the house or when someone took you vacation right? do you remember it and you mamish live with this. Live with this thought, with this feeling. Okay, so we're going to, as Hashem, we're going to continue to work on this a little bit. I hope that it's softened a little bit what we learned last time. Those that didn't learn it last time, so they're okay to begin with. Those that haven't yet recuperated, so this hopefully will be part of it. Well, we're going to have the Shia Mitzham next, next, uh, next Tuesday.